there, weary traveler. Welcome to the inn. Sit, sit, rest your feet. Why, it's a long journey on the road to Tarvalon. Have a cup of tea. Or maybe a frothy ale. The light. Why, you're just in time for the entertainment. Here are your hosts, Tracy and Amber. Yet one thing every tale had the same, at the head rode a man whose face had been seen in the sky above Falma, and they rode under the banner of the Dragon Reborn. Chapter 50, After. We're done. Well, we're beginning. Well, okay. Be done. <laughs> but hello and welcome back. I met with the book, but yeah, we should probably do the whole intro thing, shouldn't we? <laughs> Hello and welcome back. I'm here with my friend Tracy. I'm here with my friend Amber. And this is The Road to Tarvalon, a Wheel of Time podcast. And today we are going through chapters 49 and 50 of The Great Hunt, the very last two chapters of the book. And we're going to be doing our wrap-up episode of the whole book. This is our third book we finished together. Third. Three. Three. Yes. Yeah. Are, does this mean we can reread New Spring now? Is that is that what happens? <laughs> <sighs> no? Okay. I don't know. I don't know, Tracy. Dude, I mean, I'm re- feel free to read it on your own. <laughs> I'm, I'm reading so many books right now, I cannot possibly add another one to it. And I'm actually really excited for The Dragon Reborn, like book three. Yeah. Yeah. Like this. Well, this has got, it's got some of your favorite characters. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, some, it's got. Some good time. Oh my gosh. There are so many good Matt scenes coming up. <laughs> so let's focus on the book at hand, okay. shall we? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I think since it's only these two chapters, uh-huh. we can kind of summarize them pretty straightforward, or we can just talk about them as a yeah, whole. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, I mean, it really is just one chapter and, and like, a page. four or five paragraphs. Yeah, so it's yeah. not even, like, anything more than that. But it is a good, good wrap-up. I don't know. I you think don't... there were some things they could have done that would have been a little bit more interesting. Yeah. Like, tell us what Moraine has been doing this whole time because she had what, like, maybe three point of view chapters this book or something? And months. Literally months. Like, in between. She was missing. Yeah, because, I mean, the last thing I think we got was her leaving from Adelaus and Van Deen's cottage and yeah, being like, when it was like, the Black Aja is here. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. We need to go to Tommen Head. And so what I got from what she said in the in the book is that she's been on Tommen Head. And I'm trying to remember what well, she said. Well, how about this? Yeah. How about I just kind of explain what happened in this chapter 49. Yeah. And then we'll go back and talk about Moraine. That's a good, yeah, let's do that. That's okay. great. Yeah. Cool. So 
it's a Rand point of view and he wakes up and he's covered in blankets and he's uncomfortable and he sees men sitting next to him and he's like, men, what are you doing here? And she's kind of, you know, saying like, well, we're about five days, I think, east of Falma. Mm-hmm. And Rand, you've been sleeping this whole time. Mm -hmm. And Rand kind of looks down at himself, and she doesn't want him to see this cut, this wound on his side. Mm -hmm. And he's like, did you get Egwene free? Or no, he doesn't ask that. He's like, did they free men? Thinking the heroes of the horn might have freed Egwene. And Men's like, you big wool head, we we freed her. ourselves so Mm -hmm. this kind of confuses Rand a little bit but he's confused in general so that's okay so we've got Huron, Matt, Varen, Varen, Perrin. No Perrin's with Rand or Perrin's no that's what I'm saying I'm talking about Rand's party okay Rand's party has Perrin and Maureen. Men. And men. And men. <laughs> and Matt. No, Matt. And the Shinarans. Matt. Oh, no, Matt's gone yes. to Tarvalin. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, Egwene, Huron, Matt are all going to Tarvalin with the horn mm-hmm. and the dagger. Mm-hmm. So, Rand learns this, and then he realizes uh oh, I have a heron branded on both of my palms. What am I going to do? So I feel so he's bad thinking for back, him. Me too. He's thinking back to these prophecies, and he's like, "No!" And then <laughs> Moraine shows up, of course, because so ominous, right? right? Rand is like having a breakdown, and then Moraine just is like, "Hello, I am here." <laughs> yeah, and Rand is like, "No more ice and I, please." Yeah, yeah. And she's there, and he was like. Thanks for sending Varen on our heels. And she was like, I never sent Varen. And everyone goes, <gasps> all the readers go, oh my. So Moraine wants to know if Rand came in contact with Padon Fane. And Rand says no, but he wishes that he would have been able to find him because Padon Fane is threatening to attack Emmons Field. And Moraine is like, look, it's a good thing you didn't because Fane, he's not only a dark friend, he's worse than a dark friend. Mm-hmm. He is infected from Shadar Logoth, and he is Mordeth, and Mordeth is him, but they are neither <laughs> the other. They are not one. They are they are something. This is where Fane are- starts. Pain. This is where Fane starts to get like split and combined even more than what he was before. Like I feel like right. we're always getting this expansion of his character and then like still pulled back into the same man. I don't know if that makes sense or not. That's no, how it-, it does. It's just it's really hard to explain like how it's talked about because Fane was wiped away, essentially, like, soulless. 
by yeah. the Dark One himself. So he was just kind of like this empty vessel. And then he comes into contact with Mordeth and Shadar Logoth. And Mordeth is like, ooh, goody. <laughs> like <laughs> a human, <laughs> yeah, a human body for me to possess. Yeah, yeah. Great. Because Mordeth was just kind of a conduit for evil. Yeah, it wasn't, he doesn't have like an actual body or something like Mm -hmm. that. So he sees Fane and he's like, great, like now I can walk, I can talk, I can go do things, I can leave this Shadar Logoth imprisonment, Mm -hmm. I guess. And when the two meet, they become something completely different than either of them were to begin with, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. So Mordeth is now basically kind of like battling with Fane's direct touch from the Dark One. Mm-hmm. And like his pur- really- that purpose, like those two things kind of collide. Mordeth really wants power and position and Fane has been basically created to be a hound for the Dark One and go after mm-hmm. Rand. And so now he's got one directive and another directive, and they're like... One direction. <laughs> Fane's going to join a boy band soon. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's Fane, um, or Death, and give me a boy band name. A, a who? Who? A band name? No, or a, member. a person? Who's a band member from a boy band? Nick Lachey. Okay, thank you. Do you know what's really sad? Are the only <laughs> boy band names I probably know off the top of my head would be the ones that are made fun of in Bob's Burgers. Justin Timberlake. That's actually Aaron Carter. There you go. Your 90s trivia is just Lance like, Bass. Ooh, there's one. So that's, that's what Fane potentially has waiting for him now is <laughs> Fane more death. Lance Bass. We're going to go with that now one. That, now that I now have there, options. <laughs> nobody knows where one begins and the other ends. <laughs> bye, bye, bye. made it even better i was just suddenly thinking like how does he like because you know how he goes through the way that he talks where at one moment he sounds like a lou garter and the other times he sounds like <laughs> like a royal advisor and then he'll have moments where he just starts dancing and singing and whatnot <laughs> oh my god this is so funny Sorry. I'm just seeing him as like Dick Van Dyke, like the chimney sweep from Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins with his like really bad fake cockney accent. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We do the worst things to the characters. It's so funny. Okay. We're sorry, Fane. Are we? Let's see. <laughs> so. Moraine has Rand's sword and is completely messed up now. The tip of it is kind of just like melted off. Yeah, it sounds like it's like a stub of a blade now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so sad. And Rand is like, it's the only thing that my father, like, I don't don't have anything else to remind me of my dog. (laughs) And then he's like... 
but my DAW's not really my DAW. And it's very tragic, as you can tell. Crazy. Tracy's tra- taking it cra- so seriously. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's just the way you say DAW. Because how else do you da. say that? I mean, really, I'm so glad that they made it like dad in the show. I couldn't have handled it had it been da. Hey, da. I think that's just, is that how the some of the Scots say it? Maybe. I mean, I'm sure there Maybe are. in an olden timey way. I'm sure there are, are, it's used in multiple cultures just to like have it doll like that but like russian you know yeah but for me it's it feels weird i feel the same way Duh. about like mommy or something like that i don't know Duh. <laughs> exactly <laughs> okay so fane moraine is where we're at ruined sword yes and then after the ruined sword it is revealed that Rand fought, we don't know who he fought, but Rand thinks he he won. Maureen immediately is like, ha ha ha, you fool. Like, I mean, she doesn't say that, but she's like, the Dark One is not slain so easily. She knows better, even though Rand right. keeps telling her, I've killed the Dark One again, you know? At least, isn't that what he's saying? He thinks he's killed the Dark One. Did you read the chapter? I did. I even got it open right now. (laughs) Yeah, he says that he defeated him. Okay, yeah. I killed him. This time I killed him. Yeah. Yeah. So what we learn later is not only (laughs) did he defeat this entity, Mm -hmm. but everyone saw Saw it projected into the sky. So like... Moraine like pulls out this like drawing mm-hmm. of Rand, like mm-hmm. a sketch that was done, and Rand is like, throw it away. He wants burn to burn it. it. He wants to tear it up. And Moraine is like, you Uh-oh. fool! You can buy one of these at every village, everywhere you go. Everyone saw it. Everyone saw you fighting the Dark One. Everyone knows what you look like. There's no hiding it. Yeah. And Rand is like, put the banner away because his party is now like riding <laughs> under the dragon, dragon banner. banner. Yeah. And Rand is like, you're going to call attention to us. Stop. Yeah. And she's like, everyone knows who you are. You know, like, we can't put this one like back in the bottle. Like, it's time. Tarman Gaiden is coming. You need to deal with it and yep. step up up yeah and he still doesn't want to be the dragon he doesn't like hearing that he's the dragon and Moraine's just like you can't run from it but yeah so Rand has essentially followers now and even the Shinarans that he was riding with are just like Lord Dragon I pledge my sword to you mm-hmm. and Rand is like Listen, like, I don't think Lord Agalmar is going to be thrilled to hear that you're taking up a new allegiance. And they're like, but you're the dragon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he's, he's like fighting it. And they're yeah. like, yeah, I think even I think Uno says something like it's said that the dragon will break all ties that bind or something like that. Mm-hmm. So which I mean, you would have to have something like that for Shinar and like to them honor 
is everything. So honoring their allegiance to someone is not something that they take lightly or give lightly. So I just feel like this is one of those situations where it's a really good example of what's about to happen for Rand. Like, there will be followers, they will be unexpected, he will break things but bind things, and I think that that's something that is kind of like, like, Rand's so worried about breaking the world. He's afraid of hurting people. And I think that makes sense. But now, like, Masima's on his knees being like, Lord Dragon, I Masima love you. Is the, yeah, and if you don't remember, Masima is the one who treated Rand like a yeah, jerk. Like, he was time. awful to Rand. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden, he's like, throwing himself on the ground like Lord Dragon. So the light of fervor in his eyes. (laughs) We all know that fanaticism is not good. No. Seema, keeping an eye on you. Yeah. Don't it's okay to it's okay to admire someone, but take a look at yourself. (laughs) You know? Pump the brakes every once in a while. I, you know, yeah, yeah. I think that's important. Good advice for Masima. <laughs> <laughs> so Rand's got his followers, and they are headed out of Falma. Moraine then reveals that she has two more of the seals, which are broken. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And she explains that one was from where was the first the first one was from the eye mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. and now and the second one two, one is from bail Doman's ship and mm-hmm. the second one is the one that lord turok had and had. are they both broken now i think they all i think all three all are three of them i think you're i think, so. I think you're right when i was reading this again knowing that there are only seven seals Having three of the seals broken by the end of the second book felt a bit premature. Like, it does a little bit, yeah. Yeah, like now we only have four seals. I mean, if this wrapped up in like three books, okay, like it would make sense. (laughs) But there are 12 more books still. So, what were they doing in all that time? How did the seals, how did they stay safe? Yeah. I mean, maybe we shouldn't reveal that, but like, it just, to me, it was always kind of shocking that, like, we're already down three. We only have four holding the dark one in place. And she just tosses them on his chest. Here you go. This is your, yeah. this is your problem now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how terrible. But Perrin and, o- okay. and Loyal, like, they stay. Loyal's like, why would I leave? Because... You're even more severe than I could have thought you were. Like, this is this is history in the making. I'm totally staying by your side. And I'm just like, well, I love you. Because he's even like, I hope I'm still your friend. And I think that that's great. Parent seems mostly resigned. And Loyal seems overjoyed by the fact that he gets to be, like, first-hand account of the Dragon Reborn. He really wants to tell the tale. He does. He does. So, okay. Loyal sticking around. The Shinarans are all pledge their allegiance to Rand. 
Randa's like, bad news, Inktar died in the battle, but he's a hero, so that's good. Uno says that the coming of the dragon will break all bonds, so they no longer did. We already talked about that. <laughs> Masima calls Rand Lord Dragon, and Rand is finally like, well, maybe I do kind of have to accept yep. what's going on. And that is that chapter. And then we do have a little bit of few paragraphs of another chapter that kind of just explains like after this battle Mm -hmm. has happened there are rumors people aren't sure of a lot of things that they saw but they are sure Mm -hmm. of one thing and that they saw the dragon reborn battling the dark one fighting in the sky in the sky (laughs) sky battles sky battles sky battles for everyone (laughs) You know what, though? It does make a really striking mental image as far as what the drawings look like when they, like, go out. Like, I can picture those in my head. Did you see, like, an olden-timey wanted poster? (laughs) (laughs) Because I did. No, no. In my head, I see, like, I don't know. I think of, like, chalk drawings, like, like, street artist-style drawings where it's, like, Yeah, like more kind of sketchy and smudged, which makes like the idea of a sky battle feel more potent in that form where it can feel kind of smudged and ethereal. (laughs) Potent Potent. sky battle. (laughs) I don't know. If you did it in oils, it would take forever, you know? Like, well, that's why I just picture like, like an olden time you wanted poster. It's not like they printed those things out of a brother. Well, and I don't you know. I zero, they didn't zero. Okay, so it. here's here's actually something that I think we have talked about before, is whether or not there are printing presses in the Wheel of Time, and I don't, I still don't know fully if there are. So these may just be like replicas replicas of drawings that are being done by people and passed along and like each person's making their own adjustments or trying to make it as accurate to what they've been given as possible yeah because that's the only way that I can think of for like mass production and spread of something like this to happen in this particular time period without I don't know though there's those like there's those people that can do sketches yeah. like really, really yeah. fast, like speed sketch. And if that's your yep. profession, fast. be good. Yep. And yeah, fast. and like that's yeah. kind of what that like in my head. That's how I've always seen it. Is like someone sketched it out. Several someone's sketched it out, and then people were like, oh, "I want to copy this and take this with me." And then it goes to the next town, the next village, and the street artists. artists there pick it up and it gets distributed that way like one of the things that i thought that was really funny about this chapter the first one is like (laughs) i think moraine says something like she's talking about all the stuff that's going on and she's like oh yeah and you know like civil war in kyrian and rand's like i didn't do anything in kyrian like that wasn't Mm -hmm. me this time and she's like doing something was always part of a ploy for the game of houses and he's like well that's I mean, I didn't know that. That's not on me. Well, that's not fair. I was just trying to, like, you know, stay alive and shit. 
it's not it's not my fault maureen it's not my fault poor guy yeah the other thing that caught me and i think this is <laughs> i think this is really telling about what you can do when you are determined and have a good group of people to work together like maureen says that she has been She's been doing what she could on Tom and Head and in Fall May. And she says, it was little enough, though I learned much. I failed to rescue two of my sisters before the Shanchen herded them onto the ships with the leashed ones. And Elaine, Nynaeve, and Min were able to rescue a queen. Two untrained channelers and one woman who can see visions were able to do something that an Aes Sedai and her warder were not able to do. And... Well, yeah. To be fair, though, they kind of went in with, like, blind ignorance. Yeah. You know? Where, like, someone like Moraine would have probably been... I don't know. There's something about having, like, the courage of youth True. on their side yeah. where Moraine would be like, I need so many sisters to do this. Mm -hmm. Because let's face it, like, nobody, nobody in Falma was standing up to anyone, yes. especially not the Shan Chen mm -hmm. or their Soldom. So, I mean, and you would have, I think it was their naivety at this point that actually worked for them to do something that. It, it is kind of reckless. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I and I mean it just works. I don't really think that it's anything against Moraine. I think it's more an example of how hard and fast the Shan Chen hold their Saldam and Domine so that they don't lose control of them. And the other thing that, that we learned that like goes against the opportunity for rescue is that the Domine is just as likely to be the person to be like, oh my god, my leash, as the Suldam is to be like, get back mm -hmm. here and let me put your collar back on. So they lucked out having the one that like turned around and punched the Suldam in the face. Like That was good luck. But had that not happened, things might have gone very, very differently. Yeah. And the and the girls, Nynaeve, the young women, <laughs> Min and Elaine, they don't have that tower training mm -hmm. yet. So, like, they still have this, like, reckless kind of way about them where Moraine, it's been beaten out of her already. Yep. Like, she probably would never do something like that without being fully prepared would she have been able to considering the three oaths well they because mm. that's the other thing that i'm no i i think she could because the life of a sister was in danger and that's she's not using it as a weapon she's using it as a tool to like open a collar like i don't think the three o's would hinder her from using the one power to make a wrench or something you know mm -hmm. like she's not making a weapon or using it as a weapon if she used it in the same way that Nynaeve did like a like a whip like a whip to break the collar she didn't injure anyone. anyone so I think there would be a way around it yeah I agree with you I was just trying to like think of factors in why she was unable to successfully 
Yeah. I mean, if she believed truly that using the one power in that way broke her oath, mm. then she wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah. Like, because it's so psychological in that way. It really is. I hadn't really thought about that a lot until I started reading it when I was older. Like, when I was younger, it felt so binding. And then I was like, yeah, but don't we all kind of make our own truth in some ways sometimes? Like, yeah, the human mind is an incredible thing. So... Do we want to go back to Moraine and what the heck she was doing this book? Yeah, it's not a lot. Well, I mean, like, what we were talking about before the recap. Oh, like... Because... Go ahead. Like, theoretically, like, what could she have been doing? I mean, Mm -hmm. she's there in Falma at the beginning, and then everyone kind of goes their separate ways, and then she has that moment with Van Deen and Adelaus and the Drakkar. Mm-hmm. And then, like, we find out that she's been, I don't want to say gallivanting, but she's been on Toman Head for quite a while yeah. and getting a bunch of information and kind of, like, studying the situation. Mm-hmm. And all this time, I mean, keeping out of trouble, it seems like. Yeah. While everyone else was just all wrapped up in trouble. Yeah. I have to wonder, maybe she and Lan found a place to stay outside of Falma. Like, because she's a woman who can channel. And as far as we know of, she doesn't know of a way to hide the fact that she can channel so for her to i mean it's it would it would be just as dangerous for her to be in Falme as it is for Nynaeve and Elaine and i can see Moraine mm-hmm. being more cautious and not wanting to be kind of like in the center of things the way that Nynaeve and Elaine end up being. And I mean, there are rumors of women who can channel of Aes Sedai in the city that I think Bail Dalman mentions to them as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, I mean, maybe that's, maybe that's Moraine. Maybe she has done something to cause a stir and it didn't quite go. I mean, she's Kyrianen. There are definitely things that she mm-hmm. could have seen and figured out, but just not have been able to apply because of the danger to herself and to Lan. Oh my God. What? Sorry, I was just like, what happens to an Aes Sedai's warder when an Aes Sedai becomes collared? Uh, Bail Doman mentions something about it earlier on, I believe, that they go... Did he say they went mad? I feel like like that's right. And I mean, it would make sense. Like, suddenly, the bond that you're sharing is being invaded and overridden. And, I mean, good Lord, what kind of mental bounce back would that cause? Right, because I'm trying to think this was... Oh, this was many chapters ago. But someone mentions what would happen if they put the collar on, putting on a collar for a male channeler. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember what the equation was where it was just death. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't remember if it was if you had 
a male channeler hold the collar while a woman was leashed. I think it's that one. Or that, or reversed. That one of them dies or both mm. of them die. I don't remember. Yeah, like screaming mad or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So if like that's the situation, like it feels like there's something happening kind of with a bond here and mm-hmm. with a warder thrown into the equation it's also not not good yeah yeah and i think that would definitely add to the hesitation of moraine to like she wouldn't want to risk herself or land and i mean of course they're both like i'm going to risk myself if i want to you know so mm-hmm. they would still do their thing but yeah i can see moraine being more sit back cautious but also more regretful you know? Well, that's just one of the situations in general why, like, having a warder seems really cool, but it's also, like, so incredibly dangerous to yourself, yeah. to your own well-being, to the yep. point where it's like, if it were me, I would be very, very, very hesitant to even I don't do think that. I could do it. I don't I think don't I think could I do could it. I don't think I could either. Do you want to do spoilers? Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Hey everyone, no ad this week, just an announcement. We have recently opened listener support on Anchor. This means that you, our listeners, can help us expand our project through monthly donations. The three tiers are for 99 cents, 4.99, or 9.99 per month. This is not like Patreon where there are perks for specific tiers. However, monthly support would enable us to do listener giveaways on a regular basis, as well as hire help with managing our hefty workload. We put our hearts fully into the content we create, but we can only do so much as two people. On top of that, we are in the process of developing a few additional projects that we can't wait to share with you. Your support of the podcast, of us, means more than we can ever say. If you are interested in contributing, there is a link available in the show notes. As always, thank you for being with us and enjoy the rest of the episode. Yeah, like, I just, I don't know. There something about the balance it needs to have some type of balance i feel like uh so what i was what i was thinking of is okay so in the show nynaeve tells lan that she just sees him as a lapdog for an Aes Sedai. is that is that kind of the phrasing did i get it mm-hmm. more, yeah. more or less accurate um and i can certainly see if you had no idea where that would potentially be the case. I mean, I, mean I, I kind of agree with her, though. Like I do. I do. That's that's just it is like I don't feel as though I understood the benefit of the water bond until I saw it on the TV show. Like that scene with Lan and Moraine when they're fighting Winter Night that I was like so that's how that works that's how he defends and protects her that's how he's there for her and yeah but in the books it's not really ever written like that it's choreographed where like she's using the one power as he's fighting it's and it doesn't really happen that way no I do like it on the show yeah because I think it gave like to me I was always like if she's a nice guy why does she need some guy with a sword to like 
help her out. She's pretty damn powerful all on her own. But then seeing the concentration that it can take to be able to channel and do something. Oh, gosh. But now I'm thinking back to New Spring and the testing and Moraine dancing skipping and, and jumping and, and humming and skipping and, and channeling. channeling. That's exactly. Well, I was just going to say, like, in the books, it seems pretty effortless. Like, yeah. it's not like gotta focus gotta focus gotta focus i mean it's more like almost second nature for right. what they do and how they right. do it like you think about doing something and it happens yeah. kind of <laughs> okay that's a really good point so yeah like i i don't i don't know if i could do something like that because i like having an equal footing like a place where we take care of each other. And like you had mentioned, Andrel and Pavara, out of all of the bondings and pairings that we get, theirs is my favorite. You know, it does feel like you get an exchange of equals and you get to see it from an inside view from mm -hmm. both of them. And it's yeah. just wild. I love it. Yeah, that's really, I don't know. It's really nice. I don't. I, I still don't think that if it were me, like, you know, like all the Aja tests and everything, I always get, not always, but the majority that I've taken, the very first one, I was either 50% gray or 50% red, which kind of scared that. me. Uh-huh. Like, I'm not red. <laughs> and then I kept reading the series and I was like, oh, okay, well, this is like, they get they re they have a repurpose rebranding kind of mm -hmm. <laughs> so like in that case like if we're going after the last battle mm -hmm. yeah red is the only way that i would actually have a warder i think yeah yeah i mean in in the case of the greens it's i almost feel like this reverse harem sensation around it <laughs> Well, the thing is, though, it's like even with the TV show, like the Aes Sedai is in charge, mm -hmm. you know, like yeah. Lan can't make that decision to go to Shadar Logoth. It's only until Moraine is unconscious that he's able to go against her word. And we know from the books, like they can pull on the bond, mm -hmm. which is kind of, I mean, that's, it's really messed up, but. I don't know, like, it just feels kind of, like, ooh. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, there's such a connection between that and then how the the Adam, Adam works and how you can affect, because I can, I, I would imagine that there's, like, that similar ability, like you said, to push on the warder through the, the bond that there is with the collar and and the leash and the bracelet and everything. So, yeah, I can see where, like, someone who's already bonded would go mad once the woman had her mm -hmm. mind invaded and kind of, like, yeah. broken in a way. Interesting. Do you think Robert Jordan thought this hard about, <laughs> about what he was writing? I mean, probably. I don't know glossary. because, I mean, he's got characters that do really gruesome stuff. Like, was it Semirog that was torturing people and torturing an Aes Sedai just to see what happened to the warder? 
or the other way around? Yes. I, I know the scene that you're talking about, and oddly enough, it's exactly the one that I was just thinking of. Okay. But for some reason, I was thinking that it was one of the black Aja sisters who was doing the torturing and being overseen by one of the Forsaken. But I could be wrong. Because it's not a very long chapter, but it is intense. Doesn't the warder, like, chew his tongue off or something like that? She comes in and finds him dead, and she's like, damn it. I don't wasn't remember. I don't even remember what book that happens in. Yeah, neither do I. But, but yeah, there are some very gruesome things that happen, and we see a lot about what the wa- warder bond is, what it does. And there's also, so we have that. We have this collar leash system. We have the first sister thing, which also does something about like melding minds and bodies together in a different way mm-hmm. than what may have been expected in the past that could be done with the one power. I think the first sister thing is just incredibly similar to like the water bond. It has to be. Yeah. It just feels like it goes through a different, a different process. It's... Mm-hmm. I always kind of liked it. I like that Well, part. do we want to talk about The Great Hunt a little bit more? Sure. Yeah. I want to know, like, what... It doesn't have to be, like, your favorite chapter or anything, but just, like, little moments that you really enjoyed reading. Well, I mean... Or even moments that you think stand out to be, like, something you want the TV show to definitely cover. I really want the kidnap moment or whatever you want to call it with Nynaeve, uh, Aguin, Elaine, and Min from the tower. Okay, the and recent ones. Yeah, I want that. Well, I want that storyline to be there and in the way that it's there. Like, I want the... Like Leandrin. Yes. Yeah, I want all of that. Like, that's something that I feel gives a lot of structure for future things to come that diluting Mm -hmm. it or taking it out would potentially... That would pretty... That would mess up the timeline, I feel like. Yeah, and I think it would... It wouldn't... It would lead to questions regarding character development in future seasons i would think i really like the time in kyrian where we get tom back and i think that's like a like a really good standout moment i still like we've talked about it i don't know how that part's going to happen i have some ideas but with the way that the show is wrapped up i just don't know I don't know how they're going to work everyone's storylines from here. I feel like Aguin and Nynaeve, obvious, maybe they go to Tarvalon. That seems to make sense. But what's going on with Matt? Where is Perrin going to go? What is Rand going to do that's going to get him to Kyrian where they think for some odd reason he's an outland prince or something? Like... How do we get it's, to that? Yeah. Because yeah. we need Kyrian to go through its civil war. Like, that can't... 
That can't not happen. So how do we spark unless that? They, unless they cut the Sun Throne plot, which they might do. They might. I mean, it would definitely lessen some of the complications later on. But at the same time, like, then what happens with the Aeol attack later on? Like, part of the reason they're so successful is that Kyrian can't keep its shit together. It's mm -hmm. not taking care of itself. It doesn't know how because everybody's living in the foregate now. So with all of the turbulence Good happening. Good point. Good point. Thanks. Thanks. Look, I remember things sometimes. Huzzah. Yeah, I'm just trying to think how they would, how they would do that with the Aeol if, I mean, do they just... I mean, they could just go way, way over the top with Aiel and pretty much like make them almost able to fly and fight I mean, to an inhuman level to the point where like even the Kyrianan military or the the city guards mm -hmm. are fighting and they just wipe the floor with everyone. I mean, they could have that maybe start they could have that be the civil war what starts the civil war maybe is an attack from the aeol yeah just pretty much like burn the city down I well mean, they... i mean even if they don't even if they don't do the civil war plot they could just say something about how accelerated and dangerous and deadly the game of houses has become so that the houses are very I really, obviously really want the game of houses yeah and i think i think if Darn they it. if they did that you could have a very fractured nobility that would refuse to come together when the Aeol invade because they could hold back and wait and attack later with their own alliance to take the Sun Throne. Because that's what Kyrianans do. They're mm -hmm. always looking for the ultimate route to the most powerful position. Mm -hmm. So you could make it so it's more of a political decline that's just waiting to be toppled mm -hmm. over and the Aeol are the ultimate think, catalyst in that moment yeah i think that's the thing about the story that i enjoy so much because mm -hmm. i mean even though in the books the game of houses as we see it on the page like kind of looks a little bit silly sometimes where it's yeah. like it almost feels like they're not actually that good at it mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah but but it's still the way that everything comes in kind of like layers and how everything kind of rests on one thing happening, like this linchpin moment where mm -hmm. as soon as Civil War happens, like you said, like it sets up all these other parts of the story that just mm -hmm. kind of like everything falls into place because of this one moment mm -hmm. so like there's that level of complexity there where mm -hmm. you know three books later you're like oh that yeah. happened because of the thing that happened in book two yeah so yeah i think that's one of the things with the tv show that i really want like i want there to be this 
it doesn't have to be as complex as the books because it's not going to be. There's only yeah. eight There's episodes. There's only so much. Yeah. yeah. But I like seeing that mm-hmm. in a TV show, definitely. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Kyrian, it's just cool. I don't know. Like, that's one of the places that I think in my mind where I can picture it perfectly like I can see the city and I yeah like in my head I know exactly what it looks like Mm -hmm. when I think of something like Emmons Field I'm kind of like oh like it just I mean it looks like the sound of music you know kind of like (laughs) meadowy highland area yeah where it kind of has like this I don't know it feels really like generic in my head because Mm -hmm. it's I don't know. I see the Hobbit in there too, but with yeah. Kyrian, it just—I don't know. I... It has a sharpness to it in my in my literally. Yeah, like in my brain palace, my mind palace, whatever it is. <laughs> there is like a very definite image of Kyrian, like down to the somber colors that people choose to wear and like the lack of expression that they they choose to show like there's just this feel to it that you know it's almost Tim Burton-esque in my head yeah I was gonna say like there's something almost kind of like Victorian gothic about it yeah yeah in particular (laughs) like Corpse Bride is like jumping to like especially like the little the little town that they're in and yeah. the houses and everything like that feels very Kyrian to me and Next, then when you go consulting. to the fort yeah and then when you go to the foregate like everything's that's, in technicolor again that's death in the corpse bride <laughs> <laughs> that's what it's like in the underworld it's big party time lots of color and i mean really the idea of what the foregate looked like didn't kind of settle in until like looking at more styles of architecture that's been built up historically around like walled cities and so like the idea of there being rickety walls just makes me think of like an Alice in Wonderland kind of place where things aren't all like lined up properly but I don't really think that that's exactly what it was like but secure and stable and meant to last forever probably not no No. probably not no and I mean, that's just it. Like, the Fourgate's only been there for, what, 20 years? Roughly? Mm-hmm. I don't remember the time frame. Because I feel as though, it, it, like, there had been, like, something like it before, but then after the Aiel War, a lot of farmers had left, like, the outskirts of Kyrian to come live closer to the city. They felt mm-hmm. safer there. And so the Fourgate, like, has grown significantly over the last 20 years. Also because of Rand. Because if they moved there because of the Aiel War, which is why Shail is here. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> There are just so many plot lines that, like, bounce off of each other. And when you get to it, it's like, oh, and this thing caused this thing. And then this thing caused that thing. And then that thing caused this thing. And it's like, oh, my fucking brain. But isn't that what, I mean, like, isn't that why people love the books? Yes. That's exactly why I love the books. It's exactly why. You know what? I think that maybe that's something that people haven't. I know that there are people that are unhappy with the show, but maybe that's something that they're actually upset about but just haven't really been able to like articulate or figure out what it is precisely what Mm -hmm. 
they didn't like about it. You know what I mean? Like, it's, I mean, of course, there's the people that are like, it's woke, blah, blah, blah. And like. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I feel about that. (laughs) Yeah. I think that, I don't know. People can have valid criticisms, but. You know what? There are plenty. There are plenty of things to critique about the show. There really There's are. There's also things to be like very excited about and I, interested in. So I really liked it. I the more I kind of have had a chance to step away from looking at it, like going through our recordings and everything, and like still keeping up with all of the stuff we were doing while the show was coming out, like. I don't feel like I got to enjoy it for itself until I started kind of taking a step back from like all of the hype and everything around it and just watching it. And I have found that I actually really like it. That's where I'm settling at. I really like this show. I'm, I'm put, I'd put it at like enjoyable, but I'm not like raving over it or anything. <laughs> right. I ask people if they've watched it and like if they haven't, I'm like, it's good. Like, it's tight. Yeah, it's if if, I think it's going to get better, and like for that reason, I encourage people to watch it. But I'm also like, if you want to wait until season two comes out, I totally understand. I have a hard time investing in a show that only has one season because unless there's a second season, actually, y'all, do you mind if I change the subject from the show because I feel like I am completely positively. Burned, burned out, out from I'm talking so sorry. about the show no yeah, it's I'm okay so sorry please <laughs> anytime you feel that way just shut me down it is absolutely no no, no. Fine. it's fine I just want to focus more on like the great hunt stuff because there's so much that happens in this book that I feel like mm-hmm. I really like want to explain the things that I love about it or things that I didn't love about it and I I mean like Kyrian awesome like I think the moments leading into Kyrian, where we're at the Nine Rings Inn. Yeah. Like, right outside the city. This is just one of those moments where Rand sees the Choden Call, where I'm like, ugh, like, it's just so good. And again, like, another one of these little moments that they drop in, and later on, all the way in Winter's Heart, like, it becomes a thing. Yeah. Like a big, big thing. A big, big thing. Yeah. I like the part on that one that I really like is that he's doing like the Aiel war cry. Do you know what I mean? Like no. when he's, so when, when Rand encounters the Choden Call and he's channeling, he's doing the. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I love how He's that's... saying the words. Yeah, and the way that it's set up, the way that it's broken apart, like it's easy for it to just kind of slide past until you go through and read it all, like just what he's saying. And it just moves me every single time where I'm like, ah, your heritage is showing. (laughs) He's so excited. It's a very good part. Yeah. And it's one that would be easy to drop in the show. Sorry, I know you don't want to talk about the show. I actually, I don't really know how I feel about that because it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Like, right. why would he know the Aiel words? It's not something left over from Luz Theron. I mean, Luz Theron wasn't 
ideal. No, like, I, why? I think when I think about that, I think about how like Matt is able, Matt and Aguin are able to like kind of understand some of the old tongue and it's because the old blood runs strong in the two rivers or whatever. So like, Well, I think that's maybe... a completely dropped plot line that he yes. tried to like fix by yeah. saying... Well, yeah. and I think I think that this is what <laughs> would be the explanation for Rand having that is like his uh, like his other bloodline is his father, and so he has like pure Aiel or whatever they are on like one side, and then whatever. Then Tigran why isn't is. he chanting the words of Andor, Tracy? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I could give give or take that one. I'm just going to change the subject. <laughs> yeah, please do. Please do. Um, mm-hmm. I have no idea what I was talking about now. You were talking about things that you loved and mm. things that you didn't love. And you had started with the Choden call moment. And then I talked about how I liked the Aiel words. And now we're here. I love a good grom, a little grommy moment. I love a good gromming. Grom, um, grom, grom. <laughs> I I don't I don't love the portal stone. I mean it's for the books it's it's fine. It's it fine. only gets used one more time. Is that right? Does it? I think the only time that it gets used from here is in the Shadow Rising when Rand takes everybody to Ruidian or as close to it as they can get. Okay. I, I don't... That would make sense. Yeah, because I think after that point, he fi- he figures out skimming by the end of the fourth book. And Does then, everyone... Do they have an... They don't have another flicker moment then. No. I guess I that don't was just a so. one-time, one-time I think deal. it is. Yeah, I think it is. I don't think that we get another moment like that i could be wrong i get a lot of things kind of like confused and goofed up as to like timeline and where they happen and things but i don't feel as though there's another portal stone after that one and i if i if i remember correctly when they do that particular one it's like it just works like it should and they're where they're supposed to be so bada bing bada boom yeah so we don't we don't get like a big (laughs) we don't get a big production around it or like a four-month time gap like we do in the great hunt maybe robert jordan was sick i just dropped my lip balm um maybe he was tired of writing portal stone moments too maybe he was like we need to speed this up let's get going it's like we have to be a you know 60 page adventure every right. time every time every time we just don't need it waygates take forever portal stones whole chapter like i just but once they yeah. start like traveling it's like cuz avienda opens like a waygate in book 5 but i think that still happens i think that still happens after he's learned how to do the skimming cuz i feel as though he uses skimming at the end of book four to be able to get to Asmodian and land. Do you care if I bring us back to the Great Hunt? (laughs) I was thinking portal stones. I don't mind at all. I was like, why am I here? 
I I don't know why. I don't know. I, was I don't thinking, know what's going on. I was thinking forms of travel, apparently. So <laughs> there, you don't have to suffer through portal stones much longer, Amber. They're almost over. Okay, okay. More things I liked. Aside from Rand fighting in the sky, the whole battle in Falma is pretty badass. I mean... I like the battle in the sky. I do. Battle in the sky, Rand can go twice as high. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. How do you... Hmm. Nope. I was trying to think of, like, clever lines to add to that for the verses, but... Nothing. Uh, I liked Brigida showing up with Geidel Kane. Best couple ever. Mm-hmm. Love them. Love you. Love How you, do you feel Love about you, uh, Lanfear, like, revealing herself as Lanfear? Oh. <laughs> that was just, it's just silly. I mean. I feel like the whole Celine plot line can be utterly dropped i don't think we need her at all like that i really have no idea what they're gonna do with land fear yeah i don't know how they're gonna i I i'm not even gonna speculate because i i don't know it's beyond me but i i really don't like in the books how we know land fear is like super jealous and she doesn't want rand aka loose theron to be with anyone else and then she catches him and min in bed and she's like i'll just heal him and be on my way like yeah it's very inconsistent but at the same time like she's kind of crazy in a way and unpredictable yeah yeah maybe she knows that if she does something to men no it just feels out of character from what we're given like what we know about her in later books and so on Mm -hmm. but i i I don't know how you could actually insert her into the story and have it be a different scenario Mm -hmm. unless it's more of like what we talked about as like a wealthy patroness Mm -hmm. where she stumbles upon this handsome young kid who's got muscles and maybe he i don't know loads a cart or wagon for her or something and she's like oh you poor thing like you're all dirty you don't even have a coat let me buy you some silks (laughs) and some ribbons a little bit of lace yeah i don't know that's a tough one yeah tough i just i don't think it would i don't think introducing land fear the way that she's introduced in the books would i I just i don't even really like the way that it's done in the books i don't know why as land fear she would take that direction you know i'm sure they could think of something cool oh i'm sure but i'm glad it's not my job to do that though Right. I just I just feel like there have been there have been a lot of changes and that's gonna make things difficult because it is a really complex series and a lot of stuff that like 
Like if you are working on this and you've only read certain bits, it's not going to help you to get to the end of it. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. So like that's that's a fear that I have is that important things that happen in books like The Great Hunt will get dropped. And then later on, it's going to be like, oh, fuck, how do we fix that? So, and then we'll get shit quality. (laughs) That's my hopeful (laughs) statement for the day. (laughs) Roses are all in positivity. (laughs) 101. Um, 101. I really like, oh, go ahead. This was the Shadow Pal social start, right? Yes, it was. Yeah. I like how the great hunt feels like a more solid darker yeah well i mean it has to because of that prologue i mean exactly it's like right out the gate Mm -hmm. spooky yeah and i love that and i mean even the and there's mystique, you know, like who is this people? Who are they? Yeah. Why are their faces covered? Merdral have entered the chat. Oh my god, Fire <laughs> Eyes is here. Like it's so many things. And then later, like when Boris leaves, another big twist, and it's like, oh snap, he's a white cloak. Right. Dun dun dun. So it's just like all of these layers of like, what is going on? And like another and then, introduction of a creature of shadow with like the mm-hmm. what are the the children's servers called? The Zomara. Yeah. They're talking about the mm-hmm. the shadow spawn type B. Yeah. People. Yeah. So like we have we have another example of how genetics has been mm-hmm. tampered with to create Ooh. something, but it's not like this isn't a killing machine. It's no. to ensure secrecy and privacy. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's creepy, like in its own way, that's mm-hmm. super creepy. And so it's really fun that the creepy is subtle as Do well you know as like, in your face maybe not but you can tell me i'll want to know i think (laughs) that just these zomara that show up barely one Mm -hmm. chapter in the books i think they're mentioned a couple times moving forward in the Mm -hmm. series but we don't really hear about them that often like man if you're gonna put something like that in the books and only make them show up once like I don't know. They're cool. They're creepy. I don't know. I love all the weird stuff. Yeah, the weird little things. I think the I other thing that I I like about this book, and I really haven't paid attention to it very closely before, but is like the prophecy that it begins with and then the little snippet that it ends with. Because I'm I'm dumb. Like when I when I get to the end of like chapter 50 and i see that there's like prophecy of stuff i'm like blah 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 close the page don't care but this Mm -hmm. time i actually read it and this comes from the fourth age so our books are written in the third age this prophecy piece says at the end yeah yeah or the the beginning the end of the second book of the wheel of time and so this is like it's labeled the cycle of the dragon mm-hmm. author unknown the fourth age and i was like so this happens post third age post end of the series are we being given 
a glimpse that this is going to happen again. Do you know what I no, mean? No, I think it's supposed to be like someone writing the tale of the Dragon Reborn. It says the author unknown from Charal Trenon de Calman, mm -hmm. The Cycle of the Dragon, author unknown, the fourth age. What if this is just like Rand's diary after he becomes... <laughs> He just has an alias, and he's like, I guess it's Dear time for me to diary. ramble about and write my story, because Instead of why going not? mad, <laughs> this is what I did. I just, because it says the cycle of the dragon, and when I think, think of something that's cyclical, I think of something that like happens, like, kind of repeatedly, and it would, like, I mean, it's the wheel of time turns, so. Yeah, but, is this I mean. the end, would end? It but if if it's about the dragon, it would be a tale about cycles because there have already been cycles. Several cycles of it, yeah. I don't think that they're writing about prophecy for the future. I think they're t talking about the story of the past. Of, like, what's already That was already my happened. interpretation, anyways. Yeah. That may be totally accurate. I was just kind of curious about it when I was looking at it because, like I said, I don't really... I've never really took the time to look at those things very closely before, but I find when I don't look at things like that, I miss little things that Jordan leaves behind, and I like finding those when I can and asking you about them. I'm hugging my book again today. It just feels <laughs> nice. Like, oh, hi, I love you. Yeah, and I like, I really like, too, how they're saying there's in this little epilogue type chapter mm -hmm. how it's kind of like written as like rumors and mm -hmm. I just I love how it flows mm -hmm. off the page mm -hmm. a hundred bordermen no a thousand no a thousand heroes of the horn and ten thousand they had destroyed a legion of the children of the light entire no they had thrown Arthur Hawkwing's returned army back into the sea mm -hmm. no they were Arthur Hawkwing's army <laughs> returned like I just I think that it's really cool because it really really it puts moves. you in that world and that's like we're we're given this moment with Moraine like holding this drawing mm -hmm. and like this is how I picture these people in these towns like waving these papers mm -hmm. around and arguing with their neighbors like this is what happened no this is what happened mm -hmm. no I was there no I saw this well yep. Timmy down the street saw this <laughs> you know well and also how like in that section as well there's something along the lines of how men declared themselves for the dragon and other men struck them down so this is going to be like a very divisive moment for everyone who's going to come across these images these rumors and how they're going to change and unfold as people hear them and they they spread from one end of the westlands literally to the other because mm -hmm. that's what it has to get through to make that and i mean think about how far away tarvalin is from palma it's far like they're almost on opposite ends of the continent when you look at the map. So how much has changed, how much has developed between what happened on, I'm going to try to say Falma because I think that's how it's supposed to be said, what happens on Falma and then in 
the time that it would take for it to reach Tarvalon. Like there are going to be changes and adaptations, even though I'm sure they have, like I'm sure the blues have a network in place, you know, and like pigeons mm-hmm. have been sent directly from, so there won't be any opportunity for it to like flow through a rumor mill. It'll just be like straight up the report from what someone was able to send their way. Yeah. 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 But I like that. I, I'm with you on that, that I feel as though those few paragraphs set the stage for what's it's, yeah, going like to happen. I've, I've and got this like people... buzzing sensation sensation in my skin where it's yeah. like Ooh. How is this going to spread through? Who's going to believe what where is And what are everyone? the consequences? Yeah, yeah. Like Moraine asks if Rand had seen Fane and he's like, Nope. Didn't see him. That was one of the main reasons we were there and didn't even catch a glimpse. Glimpse? I can't speak. And didn't even catch (laughs) glimpse of him. And I mean, we talked about this a little bit last week too, that like there, maybe this is where Fane picked up a legion of white cloaks and went towards Emmons Field. Cause like Mm -hmm. he's not in book three, is he? Fane? Yeah. Cause Rand's kind of like, doing his own thing i'm not a hundred percent sure but yeah i feel like we really don't get him like back in the story again until i mean we've got a lot of like new characters coming up though soon like and we got we get a lot of point of view changes coming up soon Mm -hmm. as well so like everything starts to broaden from this point like i feel as mm-hmm. though definitely you you start the wheel of time and it's like a it's like a bottleneck in reverse it's like small and then it's like the yeah the largest wine bottle you could possibly imagine <laughs> <laughs> and carlos rossi <laughs> maybe it's barefoot i don't no, know it's definitely carlos rossi like Is the it? big jug like cooking wine and the yeah big... okay you're right you're absolutely right. Top of the line wine, Carlos Rossi, man. I drink <laughs> it all the time. What is that <sighs> from? <laughs> E40. What is that? Efezi Fonzarelli. Mm-mm. Any takers? No one? No, I'm okay. sorry. But it sounds like something I'd want to know about. <laughs> well, I'll send you a link. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Do. I think... There are other things in this book that are interesting, like just the little moments with Adelius mm-hmm. and Van Dien. Can you read my mind? Maybe. I was just going to, well, you said little moments, and my mind immediately went, Adelius and Van Dien. And then you were like, like when there was a, yeah, okay, so maybe you can. I don't know how I feel about this. Go ahead. Well, it's, it's just nice. <laughs> I feel like we've, talked about it so many times since it happened that we're just like oh we love that we love you um it's such a they're great just so scene. much fun i think they add a lot of character for even just this little chapter that they're there and then they're I gone i want to live in their house like yeah i don't even know what I it know. looks like I outside know. the garden and the library i, I would sleep I in the library in front of the i fire. know <laughs> I'm trying to think too, like, 
we get more of Bale Doman in this book, which is just mm-hmm. awesome. Like, I think it definitely sets him as like a man of his word. That's where I've landed. Like, well, he left them. Does that really? <laughs> he didn't really like it was leave. It was leave or die. You know, well, like he stayed I mean, as long as he possibly could, and later he comes back and he's just so filled with remorse I mean, and for, regret. Yeah, like, I know, but for now we don't know exactly. Oh, okay. Like, I'm I'm gonna say he's a, he did his very best. Yeah, well, we did. You're right. He does have that chapter where he's like, "If you cut the lines, mm-hmm. I will skin you it, alive." He does it twice. Mm-hmm. He does it twice where he's like, "We're not going." So I feel I feel like that's what we're supposed to get from him is like and like he's he's all talk you know he's like oh, I would sell my grandmother up a ship right for forty Tarvalin marks or whatever I don't know but instead but, he's like no we stay as long yeah. as possible and even in the eye of the world he gives Rand his money back after yep. they land so like he's he's a softy on the inside he is I like him he's like a truffle. Bill <laughs> Doman, you're a smuggler with a heart of gold. Or a heart kind of truffles. Of. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of just like characters in general. I mean, Ingtar's Leandrin. A really, Ingtar's a really good character in The Great Hunt for me. I like him He's a lot. There, yeah. I, you know what? I, I'm really happy that we have like someone that comes back to the other side yeah but can we talk about Huron because it is a travesty that he never shows back up he does later but not until much later um I'm trying to remember the specifics but I agree with you because I feel like he could be in the series much more than what he is like when he does come back it's a Does very, he come back in the last battle? It, there's a very brief moment where he when and he's... Rand have like a moment to talk. And I think in some ways it kind of is supposed to help Rand remember like who he was when all of this began kind of thing. I don't remember it very well, but I do remember there being like this moment where it felt as though I was like, yay! Karen, I remember him. I'm just going to look up if he is in a memory of light. Okay. Thief taker for the king of Shinar. He is lean and wiry. It says, it doesn't say, okay, chapter 37, the last battle. Okay. So that's. Yeah, but I'm uh, pretty sure it's. He's also a sniffer. He was chosen by the Borderlanders to serve as an emissary to Rand. Rand was extremely harsh with him and now realizes he owes him an apology. Huron was very flattered that Rand apologized to him in person. He fought on Paul of Heights with the other Borderlanders and Rand watched him die on those same heights. But Hero's, I think he's a contender for Hero of the Horn because isn't that what they say to him when they see him they're like you know like a fine Archer Hawkwing like claps him on the shoulder and Mm -hmm. is like there is room for more heroes yeah right and I (sighs) he's just 
he's such a good character to have because he feels he feels very Jiminy Cricket like. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, no. oh, oh, Lord Rand, you can't do that. That's not how things are done here when we're mm, in Kyrian. Okay. And like, this is how things are done. And later on, when Ingtar is like, I must have the horn. I must have it. Hearn is like, that's not how it's done. It's not about mm-hmm. must. Like, he's this. He's almost pure. And, and yeah, like, he, he in really a way. is. Yeah, he, he really gives is. his loyalty fully. He sees things and he sees the best of things. And he's just like, this is how we do things. This is how this needs to be done. And he's always like, he's always ready to like move on to the next thing that helps everybody get to where they want to go. Like after the fire and he's been healed and whatnot in Kyrie and he's like, I can go out and sniff for the horn right now. Like I'm mm-hmm. very healed healed me. I'm okay. Let's go let's go find out what we can find out. I can do it. And it's uh, he's a good character. He is, definitely. He could be used so much. He would have been such a good character to keep by Rand for a much longer period of time. Like it may have helped Rand to not stumble into such a dark place. It would so also soon. be heartbreaking to see Rand push him away oh. even more than he already does. Oh, you just cracked my heart, Amber. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. You're right. You're right. But yeah, I agree with you. He should be used much, much more than what he is. And what a shame that he dies. I'm just going to pretend he's a hero of the horn, so... I'm down with that. It'll make it better. He's just up in Teleron Riyadh shooting dice with Rogash Eagle Eye. <laughs> He's got his allowance for the week. He's ready to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you think they can just like think up money for their gambling since they're in Teleron? I guess. I still don't understand how the clothing thing is like because do they show up? When they're called to the last, to the, when the, I can't talk. When the horn is sounded, do they show up in the clothes that they died in? Mm. Or do they get, like, Teleronariad clothes? Like, they they get get to imagine their outfits, and then when the horn calls them, they get their magic outfits, like, the Avengers. Like, I don't know anything about the Avengers, but. Do they, I think. Do they have a costume? I think I think there's definitely a wardrobe of some kind involved. And the other thing that I'm thinking is like because they're called from the horn, they're not there in the flesh. And they're not usually rom- <laughs> they're not usually romping around in Teleron Rio naked. I could be wrong. I mean, I think you were the one who was like, do they get a warning bell so they can get dressed like Right. Like, Five do they... minutes to get your armor. Yeah, like, is there a countdown? Like, okay, the horn has been sounded. Ten, That's really what the nine, mist is there for. Eight. It's so that they have a little bit of privacy. <laughs> privacy to they... put their superhero <laughs> costumes <laughs> on. <laughs> Rogish, tie this tighter. You suck at this. That's what it is. That's why Guile Kane just wears leather straps. <laughs> he ain't got time for this. He's like, I've got pants, my and sword, sword strap. We're good to go. Guidel Kane. That's yeah, Guidel Kane, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I don't know. 
the best Wheel of Time character to never really show up and do anything. Right? But he is pretty damn cool. Brigitte likes him a whole lot. <laughs> but she's super cool. I don't I don't really know how I feel about like I I part of me really really wants the part with Brigitte on the water like shooting. Stop it, Tracy. I know. I know. I know. You're but a broken I was, record. I was thinking about <laughs> the it water. the other day. I was thinking about it the other day and I was like that would look so bad. It would be really cheesy. So I think I have to take it back. I don't Oh, you're taking it back. I think about things after I say them. Well, I mean, what are you I I just I feel like I don't it think would there's any way to do it without it like looking like it came out of a Disney movie? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's where I landed. Like I started to like try to visualize it and then I was like, "Why is she suddenly a Disney I mean, princess?" They... Would they have a woman like riding a horse over like a big green screen in the studio and then like superimpose her? What would the point of the it water be? They and could make just as, splashes. They could just as easily put her on the top of a cliff, you know? And shoot. Yeah. And shoot. And it would be fine. Like we wouldn't need anything more than that. And that would even be more impressive because I'm sure the distance would be even further. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. I'm taking it back. I just wanted to let you know. I've changed my mind. Scratch it. I'm glad you've seen your errors. <laughs> I can admit when I'm wrong. It's fine. I don't mind. If I were right all the time, wouldn't that be weird? It'd be terrible. Swing. You would be such a... Oh, my God. Such a... na 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 I tried very hard to never be that person. I did it. I did it to Andrew last night. We were playing with Arthur, and Arthur asked to play with me instead of Andrew. And Arthur hardly ever does that. So I, went, I looked at Andrew. I went na 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 na. And then I was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm eight. I get to play with Arthur. Back to the Great Hunt. Do you mind if I? Not at all. Never. Pull us back. No. No. I was just wondering where we Is are there... for time. Cool. Yeah. I think it's about time to wrap it up. So I was gonna say if there's anything that you would like to say to close us out? Don't think too hard. I don't want to think too hard. I'm just at that point where, like, my brain has kind of just been done. So mm -hmm. I think I'm just going to go with no. I'm sure if there's anything more I want to say, as we've mentioned, there are 12 more books to go. So yeah. I have plenty, plenty of things to talk about from here into the future. And who knows, maybe I'll change my mind about something else from this one to talk about in the next episode. You never know. That sounds good. Yeah. But we're taking, we're taking a break from the books, right? We're going to be doing some 101s. Yeah. I would expect at least four. Yeah. Back-to-back -back 101s? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. We and have maybe a another style episode that we haven't even done yet maybe i don't know we'll have to think about oh. it this is exciting i love that idea cool cool yeah i forgot what i was gonna say if yeah if people have suggestions yes thank you i was gonna say we don't have topics chosen for the 101s as of yet and so i'm sure we'll be brainstorming over that but if anybody has something they want to hear us talk about suggest it I mean, I'm always open to suggestions. 
yeah, we've got a couple requests on Patreon, so mm-hmm. we'll probably do those first before anything else. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's that's the point of being a patron, so yeah, I like that. But yeah, I'm excited to do some 101s. I'm excited to move on to The Dragon Reborn once we get to that point. Say goodbye, Tracy. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us. We will continue to release new episodes every Wednesday. We would love if you would subscribe to the podcast, leave us reviews, and share us with your friends in the Wheel of Time community. Let us know what you thought of our content, correct us, send us things we may have missed. You can find links to our email and social media accounts in the show notes. And if you have the Anchor app, leave a voice message for us to play in upcoming episodes. We also have a website where you can find links to our Discord channel, social media platforms, and merch shop. So until next week. Thanks for joining us on the road to Tarvalin.